Hello and welcome to another episode of Mid Mitten Gaming. I'm your host Jacob and today we are joined by a um, new friend and acquaintance of ours. Jake, Jake, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going? My name is Jake Nix. Uh, I'm new to the Alma area and uh, looking to get into some gaming. Awesome. And uh, real quick, Jake graciously um, went ahead and uh, he's doing this Bushido episode with me. We actually had a previous rendition of this where he spent some time recording, so I appreciate his time. Unfortunately, there were some issues with the uh, audio and we lost that one, but here we are again and this time it is going to be just as good as last time. So, um, that being said, uh, let's go over a little bit of hobby progress. So, um, Jake, uh, what have you had the chance to be doing lately? So, I just played a Dead Zone tournament uh, this past Saturday in Lansing. I got third place in that out of eight. That was kind of exciting because uh, it was my first dead zone. Mojave wide Michigan GT along with Wild West Exodus and I've put the first paint on a Moonstone model and my first Freeblades model. So I'm kind of dipping my fingers in a lot of different systems. Hey, that's awesome, yeah. Unfortunately, I haven't had too much. I am um, doing a lot of podcasts lately, but um, other than that, it has been, I've been redoing my floors. So anybody who's done house projects like that, it is a time sucker. Everything's been going towards that. And uh, so, but it's looking good and I'm, uh, I'm happy with it. So I'm happy once it's complete to get back into some nice hobby progress. Um, so with that, Jake, if you will, just give us a little bit of your wargaming background, how you kind of got into stuff, and um, I, you already explained what you play now a little bit, but go ahead and go through that. Yeah, sure. So I've been into uh, miniature wargaming for probably about 15 years. Um, I actually got started through literature, through the Black Library fantasy novels. I read those as a, as a teenager. Discovered Warhammer... Well, I mean, I knew I knew about the game, but bought my first models when I was about 20 years old, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. Uh, I really got into the collecting aspect of wargaming. I didn't actually play uh, an opponent besides my wife until I was probably about 2016, so I was about 30 then, so about 10 years I was just collecting all these different games, and uh, I really like the rule sets, I really like the models, and yeah, so I, I dabble in about... 40 to 45 different systems. Um, yeah, so just kind of a jack-of-all-trades player. Yeah, also I know you are talking about Moonstone. Me and Jacob have been talking about Moonstone and Malifax, or Malifaux a little bit. Um, those are games I've been interested in but haven't really had a chance to play, so we're hoping to find some time for that in the future. That'll be a fun time. I'm uh, really looking forward to really both of them, but especially Moonstone. Yeah, Moonstone is great. It has this very whimsical feel to it, this... Uh, UK style of fantasy that we don't really see over here in the states that much and it has this awesome bluffing mechanic you don't really roll dice you just bluff your opponent all game so it's pretty interesting yeah it's like kind of like a uh, rock paper scissors lizard spot kind of thing from what I gathered yeah definitely where it's kind of like a guessing game so uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into our questions for tonight. Um, again, this is the third part of the series for Bushido. Um, we've been 
simply titling it Bushido question 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 where I've been having a chance to interview uh, newer players or players that I've ran through demos and just kind of get their insights on the game so one I can be a better demoer but two it's just great to hear how new players like just what their experiences are so um, with that um, what kind of interested you about the game at first glance Jake so I first noticed Bushido when it was fairly new I want to say back in 2011 or 12 um, the thing that really caught me was that it was it was using stat cards. Uh, that was kind of ahead of its time back then. Not a lot of companies were doing that. And I think having the cards for the characters, it's so much easier than having to have a big codex or a, a downloaded PDF or a rule book to have to go through. So that kind of caught my eye, along with the that Far East, not just historical Far East, so it's, it's like a fantasy Far East aspect to it. Um, that's pretty unique in the wargaming world um so those two things were what caught my eye i didn't really buy into bushido until just last year i met some guys up where i used to live up in the woods and we did we just kept doing campaigns back and forth one guy would pick a game then the next game and i figured well i would run a bushido campaign so i bought four starter sets because we had four players and uh then you know the world kind of went crazy and I, I never got a chance to play until you were running a demo a month or so ago and so I was like, oh, yeah, man, definitely. I want to check that out. So, yeah, I went and had a demo with you, and and uh, now I'm hooked. It's like it's taking over all my hobby time and interest looking up Bushido stuff when I should be focusing on games for the GT. So thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get you there. You did the – in your in, uh, what you would call it, though, you did it right back to me, though, when you started talking about all the Malifaux and the Moonstone. I've just been, like, reading and reading and watching videos and podcasts and – so, so I guess it's uh, what you would call it. it's mutual at least. So, that's awesome. Though, what uh, faction interested you the most when you were looking at the um, the different factions? So, I would say the faction that interested me the most off the bat was Cult of Yuri. I'm really into the the macabre, into the dark, into the horror, in in just you know my life in general, movies and novels and, and miniature gaming. But the one I'm going to be focusing on because I've listened to some of your podcasts and kind of getting to know some of the people in the community so far. And we have a Cult of Yuri player, and then my buddy Rinaldis just bought into Bushido. He bought into Cult of Yuri, and you're going to focus on Ito, which I had Ito. Another guy talked about uh, Minamoto. And so that leaves me with my um, Pirates of... Man, I always forget. Is it Young? Jung? Jung, yeah. Jung Pirates. So that's, I think, what I'm going to focus on in my upcoming Bushido days. And stuff that I like about them... Um, kind of with all of Bushido, and you can back me up on this, is, is they grab the theme really well. So if you're playing Yuri, you're people, and you're really fast, Jung has, has captains that come into play, like ship captains, because they're pirates and first mates. And um, underwater, and yeah. So, so the more I've looked into Jung, they weren't my first first choice. But the more I'm looking at them, I'm really getting excited about what they can do. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, 
with Jung, like you said, the captains, they kind of determine the themes there, and um, they have a lot of good stuff. I really like the shark models and the crabs. I'm excited to see those on the table. And one thing about Bushido in general that I really enjoy is the fact that you know, you said, hey, we've got a, kind of these other players in the area doing this or that faction, but really each faction can just branch off into its own thing. You know, um, Ronaldo, he talked about playing Cult of Yuri, but you could play Cult of Yuri and it'd be completely different because of the, you know, if you will go with the uh, new, the witch list or something like that, you know, or more control or something like that. Same with Ito, it has so many variants. Like I play more of the, um, the blessed and the kind of um, poison mechanics and those kind of things, but it has multi-facets where it can be just samurai if you want to do that or um, it can have the kind of combination of both or anything so it's really cool but I'm excited to see Jung I'm excited to see those models on the field and playing against them I think that you'll really enjoy them because the captains just play so differently um, you can kind of pick and choose what play style you want based on that you know absolutely and something that helps with that uh, we went over this in our last episode for a bit we won't dive in so deep this time I don't think but just the theme mechanic um, like I'm looking at my little three ring binder I've got here and Jung has five themes that I have cards for and so the theme mechanic lets you if you build your crew a certain way it gives you different bonuses and there's there's different restrictions and, and included models but just having that mechanic like you said it lets you play the same faction depending on what theme you do or even if you don't run a theme list and you just pick a bunch of models that you think are cool it really lets you uh have a lot of variety in your play styles yeah definitely and then uh with that too so like uh when you're looking at jung what's kind of one of the models that stands out the most to you oh man the shark guys i want and i don't have their card in front of me because i actually was setting up a demo game down in my basement and i'm recording up in my my second floor office but um that entire race i think there's three or four of those models they just seem sick. And they have stuff... Uh, once again, I'm going off the top of my head now, so correct me if I'm wrong. But the the one that comes in the starter set, he uh, he heals off doing bleed damage, or he gets bonuses off bleed damage. So like a shark in the water, he gets that you know that smell of blood, and he, he can charge farther, and he can do more damage and heal off it, like he's tearing chunks out of people. Um, those ones just off the bat have really grabbed me. Yeah, if I remember right, now, like you said, it's not one of my main factions, but a lot of the sharks have, um, it's like a blood in the water mechanic, or it's a... Yeah, bloodlust, maybe? Let's see here, I'm looking. They have bleed, I know that much, which all their, you know, they end up making all their models when they do wounds, they bleed. When, uh, when you're targeting a marker with bleed, or, or sorry, a model with a bleed marker on it, um, you gain bonuses. So, for instance, this guy, he gains um, a charging bonus of plus one move in Bonsai when he's attacking uh, an enemy model that has a bleed token on it. So he, gain, he gets an extra plus one inch to his charge, and then he gains Bonsai, which um, Bonsai, if I remember right, I'm trying to think here. It allows well, it may make you. a charge action as yep. a standard simple action rather than a complex action. Yeah, so that's awesome. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. It gives you that extra action point, and so now you're stuck in and you're not exhausted, so you can attack again or defend with full dice count. 
Yeah, they're really uh, just bloodthirsty models. I like that. Yeah, the newest one, Hito Kuchichi or something. I can't remember his name, but he's like the huge one. He's yeah, really he's sweet. Charging I'm, one. I'm pretty excited to see him. He um, has the same thing except for... They're, so they are pretty aggressive. They can't declare weight actions, but him when he de- let's see when he wounds a non a non soulless model during a melee exchange, he heals a wound, and then he also gets that charging bonus and everything. So a lot of it will be setting up charge lanes and stuff, but it'll be really cool. I, I'm excited to see him. So. Then figuring out a way to set bleeding up on opponents downfield. So then yeah. you're bringing in your harpoon guys, and and yeah, I just think there's a lot of a lot of good synergies in in Jung. Right. Probably in every faction, but from what I'm seeing it in Jung. Yeah, definitely. I'm um I'm finding more and more as I play that they are they're pretty balanced about that with the synergies. Even themeless list, which is a list without, you know, a theme, you just put whatever model from that faction in there for the most part. It um they all seem to work pretty well. You know, you get advantages from themes that I think are major, but otherwise it's it's pretty nice. So um, but with that, so after your first demo game, um, how did you feel, or what mechanic or what thing stood out the most to you or excited you most about the game? So what really gets me... Now, Bushido is not simple. It is... If if we had a rating for miniature games, you know, let's just say a 1 through 10 scale, I, I think Bushido would be up there at, at 7 or 8. Um... Because you have so much agency in your decisions. Even a simple a melee attack action. Well, that includes you can move up to your speed. So it's not just I'm standing here and hitting. I'm, I'm able to move around. I'm able to position myself and hit. Um, all of your different uh, unique abilities. Um, the different key effects that you can trigger. The game is very complicated and I like that I like that a lot there's a lot of games where you can just kind of you know they call them beer and pretzels just throw some dice have a beer and, and have a good time but Bushido I think really rewards that tactical mindset and I, I really enjoy that and something I noticed setting up a demo for my buddy Rinaldis have you Jake looked at the idols um, mission scenario yeah uh, it's been a minute, but are you talking about okay. the three in the middle? Yes. The so, small ones? so most, a lot of miniature games have this. There's three control points in the middle. And whoever, you know, you can go up and spend an, a simple action and turn one over to your side. Whoever controls the majority at the end of the second, fourth, and sixth turn, get a point. Okay, that's, that's simple, that's basic. A lot of games have that. What Bushido does that is so simple but i can't believe i haven't really seen it before is they have decreasing score on that which decreasing score is a rule that says uh during the end phase of a turn after scoring victory points remove a scenario objective which is friendly to the player who scored the victory point the scoring player's opponent decides which to remove if there is more than one available so this is amazing so this simple game of get up and control these points now it gets flipped on its head because the moment you score that first point, you lose one of your control areas. You lose one of your objectives. And you now are forced to interact with the other player, forced to move around the board. Where in other games, you can just go up, set a gun line, or, or get control of the majority and just coast and win. That is some, That is what grabs me so much about Bushido. It's just on a simple scenario like that. They add something that really makes you think and really makes you have to interact with the table and with your opponent. 
Yeah, and that's one thing I, I really love about Bushido as well. I One of the games I played with my buddy Jeff, um, co-host here who's gone today, but he, um, me and him were neck and neck, and honestly, if he would not have downed my last model, I would have won by objective, even though he outnumbered me three models to one at that point because of just how it happened, and just he just got really good rolls. So I... Um, I just I like that a lot and then you'll find too some scenarios that I enjoy um, that one I haven't done the degreasing one where it removes it but um, some of the ones I've enjoyed have been like um, where you score pr uh, points as you pray at the idol and turn it to your side so it's not just a game of hey I have to control this objective it's like I have to spend actions to turn it to what si you know my side and then that scores and a lot of times those idols were reset so at certain turns it's usually the opposite of the scoring turns it's resetting so you know you're like okay great i i put all my resources into the middle two the middle two objectives i've scored them on mine now they're resetting and then you're like oh man so now your opponent has a chance to come in there and just take stuff or a lot of things they do are the zone of control so that's just the three inch circle but with bushido there's so many throw mechanics pull mechanics uh, a lot of jung has drag mechanics where you just like fish somebody basically and pull them out <laughs> of the um of the place or um yuri has a lot of uh, uh it's not wrestling I, I can't remember what it is they have uh basically they can just wrap somebody up or control them if they want they can also do control markers in the starter set uh, i believe there's a couple control markers there's an event card and you can just be like hey i dominate that guy he has a control marker He's going to run that way full speed. And then that takes away their objective. And then they, or um, not objective, there takes away their activation point. And then also, um, like, especially if you do a complex action, if you're able to, it just, it just strips it. And it's just like, wow, that was just really good. <laughs> but yeah, something it's. To point it's out, something to point out with that prayer scenario, it's a prayer five. So what that means is you only get five prayers in the game so the way you allocate what objectives you're turning it's not you have to allocate for the whole game to make sure you win so mm -hmm. once again it's it's not just this simple oh i'll have I'll, I'll pray at three of these idols to get that first point okay well now you only have two prayers left to score two more points good luck with that buddy um yeah. and so once again just these simple little additions to the rules that I think are great. Uh, I don't know exactly who, who works at GCT, but uh, the more I'm looking at Bushido, it is a very well fleshed out game from what I'm seeing. Yeah, and I think so too. So with that, so we've talked about a lot of the, um, the things that excited you or things that were good. What is something that maybe you struggled with after your first couple games, um, you know, concepts or anything like that? I think, I think the biggest complaint I have is the keywords and and I don't I'm not gonna cut them a lot of slack on this because other games have handled this better than them so in each model has a, has a set of keywords that they have so like bravery jump up light-footed stuff like that and each of those terms mean something well in the starter set they tell you what that means right on the card so perfect you don't even need a rule book or anything you can just flip the card over okay hey what does jump up do oh awesome cool but outside of the starter set, those there's no definitions on the on the cards for those keywords. Now, if Bushido was your main game, it was all you played, 
I'm sure, of course, it'd be easy to memorize all these keywords. But with guys like us playing multiple games, maybe Bushido is not even our secondary game. Maybe it's our third or fourth or fifth game down our line of stuff we want to play. Um, I think that just gets really confusing him to constantly look up, okay, what does this do? Having to remember that. And other games have solved that very well, either by going to a larger card or a different format to make sure they get all those keyword definitions on. I would say that's that's my biggest complaint with the game. I would like to see those keywords have the definition right there on the card so new players or not as active players will have as easy of a time remembering all that as a, as a regular player. Yeah, I totally, I could agree with that for sure. I am love, and this is every starter set in Bushido. Every starter set in Bushido, every card you get, every model card has that blue text on the back with almost fully explains every ability on that card. With the exception of some of the attacks, like throw attack or those kind of things are not on there. But I would love to see a resource, and a lot of, like you said, a lot of companies have done this. Um, DGS Games that does Freeblades has done this, and I think it's excellent. All they do is simply just release another card that has those keywords on it, and it's a separate one that you just can keep to the side. So as part of the deck, the Ito deck or whatever it is, you know, it has the list of the most common abilities, poison, all this stuff, and it's just listed there. So I can just fish through some cards real quick, and I know I can find that ability, and it's explained well in short paragraph, and you know, it works out well. And I think Bushido could definitely benefit from um, something like that for sure, because even even if you play it a lot, for a while there, I was getting to play a lot right now. I've kind of had a little stalemate, sadly. But um, even when you play it a lot, though, you start getting into other factions, and those factions have abilities that you don't know. So it's like, I may know everything my Silver Moon do, I may know everything my Ito do, but I'm not exactly sure what this and this ability on Yuri is, or this and this ability on Jung is. So it would be very nice to just reference that card, you know, maybe even have a page number that references the rulebook page and then a short text of it or anything like that. Yeah, that would be great because, like you said, that's a a lot of the game is just looking up what, what that does. You know, for the most part, though, they do explain it all right. But, like, for instance, we were just talking about bleed earlier for those Jungs, the Sami men or whatever they're called, the sharks. Um... If you don't know what bleed does off the top of your head for the tokens and everything, we we'd have to go look it up first thing, you know. Yeah, we we would have to flip through the rule book. And so something I actually did, I got a three ring binder and I printed out the pages from the rule book that have all the traits and definitions. But you know that's a lot of paper, that's a lot of ink. Luckily, my wife works for a school, so she yeah, has all that stuff on hand. But, you know, for somebody else that doesn't have access to that, that um, that wouldn't be an option for them. Right. Now, I will say this. If you do have access to Facebook, if you go to Bushido the Game, or um, I think it's on another Facebook page, Bushido Worldwide Miniatures or something like that. But Bushido the Game is the main one. If you go into there in their files section, um, there is a couple different files in there that have all the special attacks and a lot of the ability keywords all on list and about two page PDFs that were made by the community. There's some great ones in there, especially for the uh, throw attack and those kind of things. I have those printed out for when I run demos and stuff because um, it is much easier to reference that than like um, Jake was saying, looking up the rule book every time. Um, it's easier to say throw attack, push attack, and it explains it really well. So whoever made those on the Bushido page, you did an excellent job. I hope to see more resources like that in the future because they really help with demos. They really help with everything. They're really great. So, I wish you would have told me about those before I printed out 20 full-page 
papers. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, at least you've got the rule book because some of it doesn't break it down. So I mean, it, there's okay. there's pros okay. there's pros and cons to having both. But if you go look on there, even now, there's some other stuff that might be helpful for you that you might like on there. They have like the range modifier bracket uh, broke up really well. Uh, so that way you can just quick reference it and it's like, okay, I'm shooting a large size target through cover. What is my plus and negatives? And um, that that's really helpful for me because sometimes it's hard to remember, oh, that's a small size model because like the Bakimono, they're small size models technically by their card, but their base size is the same as uh, all the other medium size models. So when you shoot them, you have to remember you're getting a negative one to whatever the target number is, or you're it's adding one to the difficulty, um, just stuff like that. So, but it's it's really good to reference and have those reference sheets. So now you know. So you know when you guys do your game, whenever you can go in there and reference that as well, and Ronaldo's can print those out and have that kind of handout. There's a few different ones though. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, so with that, what is something that you would say to somebody that was looking into the game? Um, you know, offhand, like uh, if you're trying to get somebody into the game, what's something that you would just throw out there to catch their attention? I, I think I would ask them their experience level. And um, with a couple games that have become unsupported recently, I think somebody who enjoyed Guild the Ball would really enjoy Bushido. I think somebody who enjoys Malifaux would enjoy Bushido because these are all kind of complex, high-skill level games. Not necessarily high-skill to play, but, but, but the higher-skilled player will win more likely because there's not as much uh, just randomness involved. So I think I would... Um, if, if you like a more complex thinking game, I'd say definitely check this out. And for somebody who's maybe newer or doesn't know what they like yet, uh, I would just say, like, man, shark dudes fighting big, giant, fat guys piling up zombies in a wheelbarrow versus a snake lady versus, you know, a samurai with a giant tetsubo and armor. Like, yeah, doesn't doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, and all that, ironically, too, he, you know, he, he's kind of mentioning random one-offs, but they do a pretty good job at going back to oriental lore with a lot of their stuff like that so you'll see a lot of references to that in their models and i think that's something i respect and like about the game is that for the most part i mean they keep it to pretty you know from what i know from what little japanese or oriental lore i know they keep those creatures just to, to pretty close to that <laughs> to that to it seems pretty authentic the true folklore of them yeah so um awesome well um thanks again jake for being on the podcast um again i appreciate you uh, coming on and everything like that um i'm excited to do that moonstone and some of the other stuff in the future and uh, also to pick up some bushido games because i uh, we definitely have to get that on the podcast especially moonstone and some malifaux as well um those will be fun times so um i appreciate it no problem. Anytime. 
Um, also with that, if you guys, uh, you know, I don't know if Jake had a chance to listen to this either, but um, again, uh, we want to say, you know, thank you to all our listeners. And um, if you did not hear last episode, we had the awesome opportunity to partner with a couple of places, uh, DGS Games and Gadzooks Gaming. Um, both of them have kind of partnered with us on the podcast to do some just little stuff to help benefit our listeners. Uh, DGS is still in the works. Um, we have uh, the official okay from them to announce stuff, but we're hoping that we're going to be able to give you the information on that here in the next couple of weeks. And then as far as Gadzooks Gaming goes, um, if you go to their website and um, again gadzooks is an awesome store i've always had good experience with them uh, gadzooks gaming is a web website g-a-d-z-o-k-s and then gaming if you go on there in the notes section of your cart when you go to checkout if you will put midmitten gaming in there and tell them that we sent you uh, they said that they're going to include a random surprise gift in there for you so uh, hope you take advantage of that. If you are a Malifaux player, if you are a Gaslands, Blood Bowl, any of those things, or even if you just want terrain, basing, those kind of stuff, they have all sorts of stuff. And um, I encourage you to go on there and uh, check it out, and please mention the podcast if you do. So, uh, again, Jake, thank you, and everybody have a good night. Yeah.